Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. Amen. Sure do appreciate the presence of the Lord. He is the mighty God. Hallelujah. I don't know, but something about that little line in there just gets something done inside of me. The mighty God. Amen. There's a lot of gods in this world that are being served every day. But I'm telling you, we serve the mighty God. There is none like him anywhere. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Hallelujah. There is none like unto him. Amen. It doesn't matter how many may serve Muhammad or Buddha. I'm telling you, there is none like the mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the mighty God. Amen. You want to worship some dead God that can't do nothing for you? Go ahead. That is your right. I'd rather serve a God who is alive and well, sitting upon the throne. Amen. A God that can step in when I need him. He can step in when I don't even know I need him. He's there with me every step of the way. When I reach out, he's right there. He's with me always. Hallelujah. I don't worship a God who's still hanging on a cross. I don't have to make a pilgrimage to his grave because he's, there's an empty grave somewhere, yes. It's empty because he is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the mighty God. Hey, man, if you turn with me in your Bibles this morning, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, one little verse of scripture. Hey, man, do you want to say again what a privilege it is and honor standing in this pulpit? Amen. Love and appreciate Brother and Sister Riggin very, very much. This church. Amen. It's a great place to call home. Praise God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 17. It says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For a few minutes this morning, amen, I want to preach on the subject, the cost of freedom. The cost of freedom. Can you lift your hands? Ask the Lord to have his way in this place today. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your touch. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we're asking God that you Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. And you may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. I'm proud today to be an American. Amen. Revolutionary War was 
He wanted it beyond anything else. They wanted to, they wanted to have taxation without representation. They wanted to have a voice in their government. They wanted freedom from tyranny. Hallelujah. There's this little story here, and some say that it's not 100% correct, so I will tell you that at the beginning. There may be some factual errors, but for the most part, there's a lot of truths in it as well. It's titled, The Price They Paid. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? Twenty-four were lawyers and jurists. Eleven were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners, men of means, well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships swept from the seas. Most of his money was invested in the shipping industry. He saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and properties to pay his debts. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay, and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and poverty was his reward. Vandals or soldiers looted the properties of Ellery, Hall, Clymer, Walton, Gwinnett, Hayward, Butledge, and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson Jr. noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over the Nelson home for his headquarters. He quietly urged General George Washington to open fire and watched as his home was destroyed. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife, and they died a short time later. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his grist were laid to waste. He lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead. His children vanished. A few days later, he himself died as well. Morris and Livingston suffered similar fates. Such were the stories and sacrifices of the American Revolution. These were not wild-eyed, rabble-rousing ruffians. They were soft-spoken men of means and education. They had security, but they valued liberty more. Standing tall, straight, and unwavering, they pledged for the support of this declaration with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence. We mutually pledged to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor they were willing to give everything in this seeking for liberty and this, this desire to have freedom hallelujah there, there's a popular little statement or cliche if you would that freedom is not free you will never find freedom without a price having been paid. Amen. We have a lot of freedom in this country. We're seeing them disappear every day. But we still live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And the reason we have that is because there have been some folks who have laid down their lives to give us the freedom that we have today. Somebody died that we could meet in this building today and have religious freedom. Hallelujah. But in the midst of the land of the free, the majority of that land of the free 
today as we speak in this place this morning. They are living in bondage. They think they are free and they think they have liberty, but really they are suffering under bondage. You say, how can you say that? Romans 3 and 23, 4, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6 and 16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You are the servant of what you are obeying. If you're living a life of sin, you're under bondage to a cruel taskmaster. Amen. You think that you have freedom and can do what you want to do, but you find yourself locked up and bound up by the power of sin. Hallelujah. Become a slave to sin. Hallelujah. Bound up because of our willful activity. Because nobody forces us to sin. Nobody makes us go and live a life of sin. Nobody makes us go into that place of bondage. As a matter of fact, it doesn't start out locked up tight in bondage. I don't believe for a second that the demoniac of Gadara all of a sudden woke up one day with a legion of devils. But he started out on a plan of action. He started out and there became spirits upon him. And as he went deeper and deeper, he was bound more and more. And that's the way sin will always work. It may start out, you think, as something innocent and small. But I promise you, it will not end there. Because sin is not satisfied until it has bound you up and spit you out and got you to a place of spirit death hallelujah it's not content with a little here and a little there but he's going to keep coming keep opening up windows keep opening up doors until someday we realize we're so bound up that we can't even do anything people don't go from a successful life to skid row overnight it's a succession of bad decisions. It's sin becoming more and more prevalent in their life until they're bound in a place that they are under bondage to sin. And they live in a land of freedom and they're bound as tight as any slave has ever been bound. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sin is never content. But always is going to build up more and more and more. Hallelujah. Recently spent a year pastoring in eastern Canada. Where the great entertainments... We're drinking and fighting. Mixed with a little drugs. 
violent way of life. Rough. Amen. I talked to a man a lot. I spent many hours talking to this man. We spent many hours at Tim Hortons. For any of y'all that are familiar with Canada. Coffee and donuts. Best donuts. Terrible coffee. Amen. And for those that are listening in from Canada today, I'm sorry, but their coffee is terrible. Amen. But their donuts are good. Praise God. And, uh, and I always enjoyed sitting and talking to this man. He would tell me stories from his childhood. Because you see, he was just like his dad who was just like his dad. Raised up in a certain way of life that involved a lot of fighting and a lot of drinking and partying. Oh, she's quiet now. Under bondage to a way of life. Under bondage to a way of life. And in themselves had no way or no knowledge of how to break it. Because they were bound. You see, this is not something that we can break on our own. This is not a bondage that we can come out from under. I, I know there are the success stories of those who have just made up their mind one day that they were going to stop doing what they're doing. But I'm telling you, there was still bondage in their life. They may not have still been actively drinking or partying, but there was still that bondage of sin in their life. Because you can only bring yourself so far. You can only bring yourself so far. You can only pick yourself up so far because you cannot purchase this kind of freedom. You can't on your own be good enough to find true liberty. You can't find true freedom just because you decide that you're gonna have it and you're gonna pick yourself up. It's impossible. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 says that almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. Hallelujah, them sins, they're still there unless they've been remitted. And the only way we can find remission is through the application of the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way that we can break that bondage, the only way that we can be set free is to have the blood in our life. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. When we were in that place of having no strength, when we were in that place of the utmost bondage, not knowing liberty and not knowing freedom, but locked up tight 
in a jail cell of sin. That's when God robed himself in flesh and made his way to Calvary. You see, this freedom wasn't free. This liberty we have today where we can lift up our hands and magnify him. We can shout. We can leap for joy. We can run these aisles and praise unto him. That freedom had a price. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 1 said, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. You can't buy it with your money. You cannot purchase your salvation with silver or gold. But, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, we, it's impossible for us, amen, to walk in this life without committing sin because all have sinned. Yet he came and robed himself in flesh and walked among us. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He came and walked among us, was tempted in all ways like as I am, yet without sin. He came and walked just like we walk. He lived just, I understand, a different era of time, but he lived just like we have to live. He was tempted just like we are tempted, but where we yielded to temptation and gave in to it and found ourselves bound, he never sinned. He was that sacrificial lamb that had no blemish or no spot. He was the perfect lamb. And he came, and I'll tell you what, I, I love to study the life of Jesus Christ. Love to read about the miracles, preach about the miracles, study the things that he taught, the parables that he told, the truths that he revealed. But the reason he came was to be that lamb without blemish and without spot. Because you see, he came to redeem us. To pay the ransom. It's what that word redeemed means. It's the ransom. We were taken willfully and put under bondage. But he went to Calvary to pay the price to redeem us. Our good acts can't do it. Our good lives cannot do it. We can't buy it with money or activity. 
There's many a good man. But just their goodness does not purchase their salvation. But that blood that was shed, that blood that was shed, that day that he went up Calvary with his back shredded by the whip, the crown of thorns pressed in his head, beat beyond recognition. That day he struggled along in a weakened state and he spread him out on the cross and nailed his hands and his feet. They stood him up in a place of shame as the blood dripped from his hands and from his feet. I'm telling you, it was shed for me and for you. He was doing it to redeem us. He did it to break that bondage of sin. He did it to set you free. He did it that you wouldn't have to live under that old bondage, but he did it to give you freedom. This word liberty that we read about means freedom freedom from our past freedom from sin freedom from guilt freedom from bondage freedom to worship freedom to lift him up freedom to live like he wants us to live that's freedom Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1. Paul writing said, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If you study this out, he was talking a lot about the law and the customs of the past. Trying to tell them that they didn't have to go back to that old lifestyle anymore. Okay? And I'm telling you, when he has set us free, We ought to stand fast in that liberty. Not to be tangled up again with the yoke of the past. I cannot change what's behind me. I can't change how I was raised. I, I can't change how my father was raised or my grandfather. I can't change what my past is. But I'm telling you, when we brought that past to an old-fashioned altar and we repented and he forgave us and he washed us and cleansed us with his blood, he took that yoke off of us. He made us free. Don't be entangled again with that old yoke of bondage. Every person here, I, I, it doesn't matter if you were raised in the church or not. I was raised in this. Fourth generation on both of my sides of my family in Pentecost. Uh, I'm proud of my heritage. I thank God for my heritage. But I'm telling you, there are things in my past that I am not proud of. 
There are things that I have done, things that I did again contrary to the law of God, things that I had to bring to an altar. And I'm telling you, when he forgave me, when I was buried in that old tank of baptism, those things were washed away. I don't have to worry about it no longer. I don't have to live in it any longer. Because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Oh, help me, Jesus. I believe it was Paul that likened it to a dog returning to its vomit. I don't even like thinking about that. That's a picture that is not pleasant. I witnessed our old dog do that one time. And I almost added to it. I have a weak stomach. And that about put me over the edge. But it gave me a complete new understanding of that verse of scripture. Because that old dog was enjoying it. Returning back. I'm telling you, I don't want that to be the story of my life. To be able to talk about how God came and he broke the yoke of bondage. The Bible says that his yoke is easy. It's light. It's easy. But I'm telling you, that old yoke of bondage is not easy. It's a hard, hard life. And why? When I've experienced liberty, would I willingly go back and stick my head back in that yoke? Hmm. John chapter 8 verse 31 Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him If ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed And ye shall know the truth And the truth shall make you free Takes the truth to be free He said, if you continue in my word, every word that he spoke was true. He never lied. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. They needed to study the history books a little better. Because my Bible tells about a time that they were under grievous bondage in the land of Egypt. They said, we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free. Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son 
therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. They said we were never in bondage. And that's the problem we have today is there are a lot of folks who say, I'm not in bondage. I'm not in bondage. That's the way I want to live. You're not in bondage. Then quit smoking your cigarettes, cold turkey. Quit drinking your alcohol, cold turkey. Quit taking your drugs, cold turkey. Quit looking up filth on your computer. You know why you can't? Because you're under bondage. You know why you can't shake those things that you don't like that are in your life? It's because you're under bondage to them. Amen. You can come sit on this pew for 20 years and still be something in your heart that's really keeping you back from what God wants you to be. You know why? Because you're still under bondage. You haven't laid it all on the altar. You haven't let the blood of Jesus cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Unfortunately, you're still the servant. That old sin. Hallelujah. Freedom wasn't free. But he went and purchased it for us. And it became a free gift to us. You see, it's absolutely unnecessary for us to get up in this place today, walk out that back door and leave still under bondage to sin. The only reason why we would get up and still be the servant of sin is because we don't want freedom. You study our good old history of our country, you'll find that after the slaves were released, Abraham Lincoln wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. They were set free. But many of them stayed right where they were. Still doing the same things they had always done. They had freedom. But they did nothing with it. And they stayed in a place of bondage. I'm telling you today that freedom is right there. But we have to be willing to let go and let God cleanse us. We sang that old song a few weeks ago. My heart is like a house. Let the Savior in. There were many rooms where we would visit now and then. Then one day he saw the door. I knew the day had come too soon. I said, Jesus, I'm not ready for you to enter in that room. Because there was a place in my heart that even I wouldn't go. Had that door locked up tight, shut up. 
And because of one shut door, there's no freedom or liberty. Of course, that second verse of the song talks about how they went in there. I was so ashamed. So I revealed my hidden sin. But when I think about that room now, I'm not ashamed anymore. Because my hidden sin no longer hides behind that door. Because freedom came for visit. Liberty came. And we opened every door of our heart. Let him in to that secret place way down deep where nobody knows what's there. But I'm telling you, he knows. And he understands that there's a heart. There's a place in your heart that you've locked something up in. And I'll tell you what, he wants today to make his way in there and cleanse you. And give you complete liberty. Jesus doesn't do things partial. There's been many little projects I've started in life. There's there's still projects. We were in Canada. I found this bedroom set. And it was solid wood. And it was solidly scarred up. But I got it for like 40 bucks, the whole set. And I'm like, man, I can refinish this. So I went, we picked it up, brought it back, set it out in my garage. Went and bought some chemical stripper and started stripping the top of that. Got one nightstand almost done. Praise God. So someday... There's another nightstand, a dresser, big old mirror, someday. Because I kind of burn out on it after one nightstand. Amen. I've started on some other things. I've got a few half-finished projects that I've carted around the country with me. From Oregon to Missouri to Canada and back to Kansas. Someday I'll get to it. But you know what? Jesus don't work that way. That demoniac of Gadara, when he came and fell at Jesus' feet, when Jesus said go, the whole legion left. There wasn't one or two that hung on, but the entire legion of devils left. Mary Magdalene, the Bible says that Jesus cast out seven devils out of her. It wasn't six one day and that one that stayed behind. When he said go, they had to go. When that young man or whatever age man he was, I always think of him as young, but I guess the Bible doesn't say when he was lowered down from the roof in that bed, sick of the palsy. And Jesus looked at him and said, thy sins be forgiven thee. Guess what that meant? It meant every one. They started saying, what does this man think he can do? How does a man say that he can forgive sin? 
And Jesus, knowing the thoughts that were in their mind, he said, hey, that you may know that I have the ability to forgive sin. Uh, what's easier to say your sins be forgiven thee or rise up and walk? But that you may know that I have the power to forgive sin. He said, son, take up your bed and walk. And he hopped up, grabbed his bed and walked home. So if he can heal of the palsy, I'm telling you what, there wasn't no sin left there either. Let me tell you something. He's not going to give you a partial liberty. He's not going to give you a taste of freedom. But if you'll come here with a sincere heart and ask his forgiveness, you can walk out of here full of liberty in the Holy Ghost. He does a complete job. If we will humble ourselves and find a place of repentance, dying out to the flesh, asking his forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. If we we'll submit ourselves to being baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ, those sins are washed away. Around our house, one of my duties is laundry. We have a division of duties. Hers is diapers and that sort of thing. I'll do the laundry. It's a good trade. It's a really good trade. Hey, man, if you go downstairs and look on that shelf, I think I got these seven little yellow deals all lined up called stain removers. Different formulas for different types of stain. And there are some that I can get out no problem. And then there's the other ones. That no matter what I try, no matter how hard I try, no matter how completely I follow the directions, they're just there. And that nice shirt becomes a play shirt. Just like that. Or it goes into the donation bag to savers. Let somebody else try. Well, but when we come stained with sin, lives all stained up and scarred up, and bring it to him, when that blood of Jesus begins to be applied, there's no marks left. That old black sin-stained heart is completely cleansed. The stains are gone. And that old stained of robe becomes white in the blood of the Lamb. No matter how long it's been there, no matter how deep the stain is, I'm telling you, when the blood becomes a part, <laughs> when we go and seek him and the blood begins to be applied, the stains are gone. 
and we can get up from that altar. Paul wrote it like this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That old life of bondage is gone. We have a life of liberty and freedom in the Holy Ghost. This morning, you don't need a lot of money to find this freedom. You don't have to bear physical arms in a physical battle to fight for. You don't have to pledge your house, your job, your cars. You don't have to pledge any of it because the price was paid on Calvary. All we have to do is have the faith to step up, confess our sin, and he'll forgive us. All we have to do is carry that old past and lay it down upon an altar. And we can stand up this new creature. You'd stand with me this morning. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I felt this so strongly on my heart. I'm telling you, there's no need to walk out of this place still under bondage. There's no need to leave this place today still feeling that same feeling. Being bound up by sin. Maybe you've walked in here many times pretending like everything's right and everything's good. But you know that somewhere there's something that's not right. And you don't really have the liberty to sing that song, Holy Wonderful. I'll tell you what, we don't have that liberty to praise Him. Because inside we're still bound. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus today, it's not lost its power. It's not lost its ability, but it's still there. Amen. It's still able to cleanse us and to wash us and to make us that new creature. If we will repent, submit ourselves, be baptized. The Bible said that he shall fill us with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, when that spirit comes in, you'll be that brand new creature. You'll have liberty and freedom that you never knew, that you never thought was possible because he already paid the price. He already paid the price. If we'll just come, it's a free gift to whosoever will. This altar's open today if you'd like to come and talk to the Lord. If you'd like to come and make sure the blood of Jesus is applied, 
we'd like to come and search your heart and make sure there's not some room somewhere that's been locked up and closed up. But won't you come today and let him have that free way into your heart? Won't you come and let him just have his way and erase the sin out of your heart and take the stains? I'm telling you, the blood has the power today to cleanse you blood has the power today to set you free and to make you free his spirit's in this place today and there's liberty here if you just come and seek after him won't you come and seek him talk to the Lord today open the doors of your heart let him come in and cleanse you today today